Every part of your vehicle serves a purpose, especially your tires. When they aren't right, it makes a big difference in safety. So, find great deals on trusted brands of automotive and specialty tires for farm machinery, utility vehicles, and more at Blaine's Farm and Fleet. This is Nate Zimdars with the Midwest Farm Report, and I am speaking with Connor Laukant. He runs Laukant Farms, where they raise red Angus on over 500 acres of land, where they rotationally graze those red Angus. And he shares what that experience has been like for him and what his plans for the future are. Connor, can you tell me about your operation? Yeah, so we raise some red Angus, but I also have diversified our beef operation. So I custom graze livestock, and I also raise replacement heifers. So I kind of got three, four main things I'm doing on the farm. What are some of the other breeds you're working with in addition to your Red Angus? Our own cattle are Red Angus, but my custom grazing cattle can be anything from Holstein, Holstein Beef Cross, or just straight beef, too. And what does custom grazing mean? I'm sure a lot of people are familiar with the phrase custom cropping. People are familiar with that, but custom grazing, not so much. So can you define that for our listeners? Yeah, it's not a new thing if you're into the grazing world, but what custom grazing is, is in the spring, I receive cattle. It could be a semi-load or five semi-loads of cattle, but they usually are coming off a feedlot. And then I take care of rotationally grazing them all summer. And then when the grass runs out, I'll send them home. This year will be a little earlier because of the drought, but usually we expect to be done grazing the first to middle of November around here. Let's talk about the drought since you mentioned it. How is that impacting what you're able to do since all of your cattle are, are living off the land? Yeah, it's been, a, it's been a new thing for me to deal with because I've only been rotationally grazing for three years now, but back in May, I could kind of tell it was going to be a dry year, so before I even received cattle this year, I told my custom grazing clients to maybe send 20, 30 less and just, you know, expect it's going to be dry. So, and it has turned out to be dry. So I've actually already been in touch with them and they know it's going to be in an early year. So I have 120 lined up to go home in the middle of August. And then I have 180 that are lined up to probably go the first of September, maybe the middle of September. We'll see how long we can stretch our grass because every day I keep them on my farm, it's a little more money in my pocket. So once you've stretched the grass to its limit, what do you do in that case? You're buying hay to feed them? So since I have several cattle enterprises, my custom grazing cattle, were they're the first to leave in a drought. So that's kind of what we're doing here. We're sending them home in August, August 1st of September. So that allows me to have the month of September and the beginning of October to make sure if we do have some grass growing conditions, I can grow some grass for my cows and my bread heifers. That way I don't have to start feeding hay right away. How many of your own cattle do you have and how many custom grazed cattle are on your property? So in total this year, I'm grazing about 450 head of cattle on grass. About 300 of those are custom grazing and then about 150 would be mine. And do you keep the custom cows or the custom beef away from your own herd? Are they intermixed? What does that look like? It depends on the year, to be honest. This year, we keep them separate. One is, so at my largest farm, about 350 acres, we have my 40 red Angus cows and then a group of 180 steers. And we keep them separate just because our watering system can't quite keep up with the capacity if we combine them both. So we keep we keep them separate just for the water's sake. And when they're out there on pasture, what does that look like? How many do you have per pasture? How long are they out there for? How long before you move them? Do they have access to shelter or are they just out there in the elements? So on my 
largest farm of about 350 acres. Our larger group of 180 beef Holstein cross steers. On average, we'll move them mostly about once a day. Sometimes we'll do it twice a day if we're feeling ambitious, but the rain and the weather also impacts how often we move them. Right now, that group of steers is going through about four acres of grass a day. If we got rain, we'd have to move them faster because it, we want the grass to regrow. But throughout the year, what we do have at my farm specifically, I started a new company called Serrated Shade LLC. So it's me and my brother. We're welding and fabricating mobile livestock shade. So it's about 1,100 square feet of shade, enough for about 80 steers at a time to fit underneath it. But we found in our bigger groups that of a 180, they tend to cycle throughout the shade under throughout the day so we really have had no issues with the larger groups but during the winter when the custom grazers leave and we have our own livestock we do have them in our winter sacrifice areas and we'll feed them we will bed them and put up windbreaks in the dead of winter if it does start to get cold but other than that i can't afford to build a barn right now so maybe one day your custom grazers how far away are they coming to have their cattle on your land so both the owners are from Iowa, but one of the groups from cattle, group of cattle came from Sauk City, which is only about 45 minutes away. But I mean, they'll probably end up in Iowa at the end of their life. And then the other group, my other, my newest client is also from Iowa and his came from Iowa this year. But I wouldn't be limited to Iowa. I'm open to receive clients from anywhere as long as they can afford to ship them here. And what's the motivation for somebody to do uh, custom grazing? Well, there's a few, few motivations. First would be that themselves they're out of grass so they got to find grass to ship their cattle to but what these guys are doing is they both own feedlots so it's cheaper for them to put on weight with me grazing grass and then put them back in the feedlot when they're 300 pounds heavier and I think they tend to find that cattle that grow on grass for three months their rumen develops a little better and in the end of the day on the feedlot they might gain a little better when they're there too. Now tell me a little bit about your background. Did you grow up raising cattle or is this something that you found along the way and how did you decide to get into rotational grazing? So I was born and raised on I would say a small farm but my grandpa down the road he had dairy cows until the early 2000s and that's when he decided to retire from that and he purchased some beef cows then so I was always helping out with that throughout my childhood and then I went to UW River Falls for four years graduated in 2020 and then that's when I took over I first switched to rotational grazing because of the financial benefits it provided me I could graze the cattle longer having to spend less money on hay plus the cattle gain better out there but I've developed a new appreciation for the conservation of the whole practice as well so tell me about the business that you just started have you launched yet and if you have launched what's the success been like so far we just went public, I would say, a month ago. So right now we're taking orders for 2024. We're hoping, we really hope it takes off. And what inspired you to try to start that? So there was only one other person making them. And at first I didn't feel like forking over the money to buy one. But at the end of the day, mine ended up being that expensive too. But these custom grazing cattle, they aren't really bred to take the heat and the humidity. So we needed a solution and for our own cattle for these, since the climate is changing, seems to be more hot and humid days. Since we convert corn and soybean ground into rotational grazing, there aren't any trees there to start with. And I agree with all the people that tell me we should plant trees. I, also, I agree with that. They're the best for the environment, but they do take 50 to 75 years to grow and be useful. So we got to have a solution between that time frame. 
What does the future look like for your own herd of cattle? Do you plan on growing that herd? Do you plan on expanding your land? Do you plan on enhancing some of the grazing techniques that you've been using over the last few years? Yeah, as far as the future outlook for our farm, that kind of changes month to month, I would say. But in general, I've reached about as much land as I currently want to take care of. 500 acres is a lot of land to take care of, rotational grazing anyway. I could maybe take on a little more. I have an intern this year, which helps. But I would like to maybe transition out of the custom grazing and own more of my own cattle, but with interest rates so high and the winters here in Wisconsin, I got to have a barn. I got to have the capital to be able to invest in that. So for the short-term future, I'll definitely keep doing custom grazing, and it's it's just such a good tool. That was Connor Laucan from Laucan Farms sharing his operation and some of the unique things he's been doing between custom grazing and rotational grazing. I'm Nate Zimdars with the Midwest Farm Report. Food, water, shelter, and nesting are all vital to attracting birds to your backyard. Multiple food sources are also helpful. Shop a wide variety of feeders, waterers, and bird food at Blaine's Farm and Fleet to keep your feathered friends happy and healthy all year long.